Hello and welcome to today's podcast. I'm Daniel Hall. I'm Ben Allison. We hope this podcast is helpful for you as you uh, engage ideas in the culture in your everyday lives so that you can help people find Jesus and also follow him. And this podcast is based on Titus 2.11, which says, For the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. So keep that in mind as you watch today's episode, and thank you for joining us, and God bless. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's podcast. I'm Daniel, and this is Ben. Hey. And we are excited to bring you another great episode. Um, Today's topic is going to be, Is the Bible applicable today? And if so, how? And we're going to be diving into that, and uh, I hope that you guys uh, will join us for the next 20 minutes or so and uh, are excited, too, uh, to join us in this journey. So one uh, verse that I want to start us off with here to kick us off in discussion is in the book of Hebrews, chapter 4, verse 12. It says, For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. So it says in the first sentence there, for the word of God is alive and active. Ben, what on earth does that mean? Because I, I thought that this was just a, a book, you know? So how, how is the word of God alive and active? What does that mean? Yeah, well, um, I think it means that God's word is something that we can rely on Regardless of what time and place that we live, God's word is is reliable and it's um, it's truth because God is truth, and so the word is something that we can go to at any any time for uh, for all sorts of things for encouragement for um, for knowing how to live how how God has created us to live in relationship with Him and all that. Yeah, and so uh, I've heard the argument in the past, and um, I, I don't know, it seems recurring through history, of, uh, so in the political realm, they talk about the U.S. Constitution, right? And in that, we have the Bill of Rights and such and such. So those are keys to our country, um, foundational principles of the United States of America, okay? The Constitution, the Bill of Rights. So... I've, I've heard people argue in the past, and maybe you have too, I'm not sure, but uh, they say, well, the Constitution was written in the 1700s, and we live in 2023 today, almost 2024, so how does it apply to us something that was written 300 years ago? There's no way that our founding fathers had in mind what we're going through today, right? Yeah, you hear that. A lot of times with uh, the most of the time that I hear it, it's it's kind of an argument against the Second Amendment. Yeah. Um, you know, that, uh, well, they they wrote that when people had, you know, people were running around with muskets, you know. Well, who are these bears and why do they have arms? <laughs> That's what I get. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, people think that, well, you know, that was, this there was not not the same sort of things going on then. And so we need to take all that into account and, um, yeah. that, uh, you know, the technology has just advanced so much that, um, we need to interpret this differently or completely, uh, rewrite it or get rid of it basically. Yeah. So, so with that, you know, um, 
is the Bible older than the Constitution? Yes. Okay. The Bible is much older, actually. Um, I mean, I mean, even John, in the book of John, it kind of boasts about this almost. Because it says in the very first verse, of the very first chapter, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. But in the beginning, well, that's how Genesis starts, right? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And so John is pointing us straight back to the beginning and saying the Word was in the beginning. None of this really can make sense at surface level, right? Well, if you take that into account and you say, whoa, okay, this is something much older than even the Constitution, and people want to argue against that. So let's let's step back slightly here and say, okay, how do we judge what's right and wrong here? How do we judge what is applicable today, okay? So if I were to come up to you and ask you, Ben, let's say you didn't know me, um, and I asked you, I said, so how does the Bible have any weight in today's world? Because it's ancient, right? It's a very old text. So how, how does it, I mean, how does it apply today? Yeah, well, <clears throat> there's... Um... Yeah, you could go. You could go a lot of different ways with this. But um, if I'm in a passing conversation with someone I don't know, maybe uh, on uh, you know on a plane or something like that, where the conversation is going to be limited, you know, you don't have don't have much time. But um, you know, I'd probably I would probably uh, go back to First uh, Corinthians chapter fifteen. And, uh, and where Paul says, if there's no resurrection of the dead, then Christ has not been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then our proclamation is without foundation, and so is your faith. Mm. So, in other words, Christianity is rises and falls on one historical event, yeah. the resurrection of Jesus of Nazareth. And um, that's a miraculous thing, obviously, but... Um, Christianity is is the one major worldview that's uh, verifiable and falsifiable, falsifiable, based on whether or not there's a corpse in a tomb um, outside Jerusalem in Israel. So, um, and there's not. So, that's what Paul says is the foundation is uh, Christ's resurrection. So, right. um, basically, what I'd say to uh, someone I didn't really know too well is, you know what. There's some, I've got some pretty good reasons for believing that Jesus did rise from the dead, historical evidence uh, included. And uh, whenever someone rises from the dead to prove that they are the Son of God, I'm going to go with whatever that person says. And Jesus, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to live by what he said and taught. And Jesus also affirmed the Jewish scriptures, the Old Testament as well. So... That's how I know that this is the Word of God and that it's applicable today. That's good. So you said um, you said in there that you're going to live by what Jesus taught. Okay, so that tells us, now that we know that we can apply it, what is it that we are applying? So, so what did Jesus teach? He taught that uh, we are um, sinners in need of a Savior. He taught that there is only one way to be reconciled with the creator of the universe, that our moral crimes against God have separated us uh, from him because he's holy and perfect, 
and that there's only one way uh, to be reconciled, to have a relationship, to have that bond repaired um, between our um, sinful selves and a holy God, and that is through the blood of Jesus and his resurrection. Absolutely, and I, I couldn't agree more, and, and I think that that even points back to Genesis, which I love to do in this podcast. If you've been following through every episode, I think I've talked about Genesis in probably every episode, mm-hmm. um, but it's just, I mean, there's so much rooted there, and in fact, we see an example of um, of this with what God does after Adam and Eve sinned, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, the first thing that God does after Adam and Eve sins is he curses the serpent, and then he curses um, childbearing and, and child pains, and then um, the labor of man. Um, uh, and so then uh, directly after that, do you know the next thing that he did? After that? Yeah, after he said the curses. There's one, other, there's one act that God performed in front of Adam and Eve to cover them for their sin. Oh, a sacrifice. That's right. So the the fig leaves that they made for themselves after they sinned to hide from God because they were um, uh, naked and ashamed of their nakedness, uh, they made fig leaves for themselves to cover themselves up. This is all in Genesis chapter 3. Well, um, God knew that that wasn't sufficient for their sin after they sinned. And so uh, God specifically, um, in verse 21, it says, The Lord God made garments of skin for Adam and Eve and clothed them. And what does it mean whenever he said, uh, or whenever the Bible says that he made garments of skin? That means he sacrificed an animal on their behalf, because how do you get skin? You get skin from an animal. And so he sacrificed an animal on their behalf, and that points directly to Jesus Christ, um, because he was the, and is the, sacrificial lamb that died on our behalf, because we have sinned, just like Adam and Eve sinned. Um, Paul tells us that in the book of Romans, a bunch. And because they sinned, we are sinners. And so through that, um, you know, through the one man, the many were made sinners, but through the one uh, sacrifice, through the one death of Christ, all were made righteous in God's eyes and do not have to suffer for the penalty of their sins. Um, We just have to place our trust in Jesus. And so even in the book of Genesis, we have a clear, uh, basically something clear that's pointing straight to Jesus Christ dying on our behalf on the cross. Um, So, you know, we see these key moments throughout scripture that all just work cohesively, you know, so much together. It's incredible because then we truly see this one big picture and, uh, you know, it it points to Jesus Christ. And it's amazing how how that happens. Um, So we have the teachings of Jesus and he taught specifically that we are sinners in need of a savior, as you said, and I completely agree with that. And there were a lot of things that he taught as well. Yes, yes, he taught other things as well. But he, he taught a lot of things, but that'd probably be the key um, if you were to sum it up in one sentence. And, and you know, it's very important to, to remember that also we are called to share those things. I mean, the Great Commission, Jesus specifically told us to teach others all that he has commanded us and to baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit um, and to make disciples of all nations. But he said to specifically teach them the things he has commanded us. So that is what we are applying and how we can apply it is simply, um, you know, lies in the fact that it is a worldview, right? You said that earlier. So what does what do you mean whenever you say the Bible is, or Christianity, rather, is a worldview? What do you mean by that, Ben? Yeah, well, uh, 
a worldview is you know a perception of uh, reality and um, it's how you know how you see the world so in a, in a very you know literal literal sense but um, I think of Christianity as a description of reality mm. everyone has to come up with their answer for how we fit into this universe and this world that we live in, how we got here, who we are, what we're made up of, what our purpose is, where we're going. These are all questions that are answered by different worldviews or different descriptions of reality. I just happen to think that Christianity gives the best explanation for what reality is. And as you said before, from Genesis all the way back to Genesis, to how the story unfolds in the life and ministry of Jesus and throughout the spreading of the church. Um, it, it unfolds in a way that um, is just, I think, you know, is where I put my money on, so to speak, on what reality is. This is the world that we live in. This is the world that God created. And uh, everything lines up perfectly with what he's said. So, yeah. And so, you know, we take these these biblical principles and this Christian worldview, and then we read the Bible, and it gives us understanding, right? And it also um, it also uh, it also brings out of us through the Holy Spirit. Um, it convicts us of things, right? And I truly believe that that's what it means in Hebrews 4.12 when it says the Word of God is alive and active, right? Because it, it causes within us, um, you know, this conviction to say, oh, man, like I'm reading through uh, Genesis, right? And it talks about um, when Joseph was sold into slavery, but then God still used his plan. That's Genesis 50.20, the, the infamous verse. And, um, you know, whenever, whenever we see this pivot of, wow, the things that humans meant for evil, God used for good, for his glory. And so we see that you have this, this conviction here of, man, even whenever others try to use things for evil or malice or anything like that, um, God still can use it for good. And, and that's an example of how we can apply it to our lives because we can trust in that truth and we can understand and know that that is true and we can put our hope and trust in that. Um, so is there an example of something that you maybe have learned through scripture or something that is pointed out to you that you've been able to apply to your life maybe recently? Um, well, I think the thing that jumps out to me whenever whenever you say that is is that you know, I just keep going back to that Christianity is really is a a worldview, a description of reality, and we all know in our hearts, um, deep down, that you know that there is a creator for all of this, mm. and that's backed up by Romans chapter one, um, where it says, you know, even if you um, don't have the law. Um, you know, that, you know, even if you don't have the law given from God, you, you know, you know, right and wrong, you know, that God has revealed himself through, uh, through nature. Um, God has shown people his invisible attributes, 
um, that there are things that that anyone can see about God, even if they don't have, um, you know, even if they didn't have uh, the law. So, um, as Paul says there in in Romans one twenty, as a result, we're without excuse right. whenever it comes to knowing that uh, that God exists and that we are um, very very low. Uh, much much lower than he is. That's right. And, you know, something that I read through recently um, that I've even found application in is the book of Jonah. Uh, I read this uh, recently, and I, I just I love this story, this depiction. And, and also, um, whenever you realize that Jonah is believed to be the one that wrote this story, it gives you a new perspective on it, too. Because, I mean, he's writing knowing that he chose wrong in the beginning, and yet has to recollect the story and go back through it and to write it down. And um, I just find it so interesting that even when he chose to run, right, and flee from the Lord and got on the ship uh, to Tarshish, I think it was, um, and, and was on that ship, right, the sailors that were with him chose to worship God because of this miracle that happened whenever they... Uh, Basically, they, they prayed to God and said, do not let this man's blood be on our hands, mm-hmm. right? And they threw him into the water. God commissioned a whale. I mean, yes, but I don't know how, but um, God commissioned a whale to swallow Jonah. And these men saw this, and then immediately the storm was calmed before their eyes. And immediately they turned and worshiped God. And mm-hmm. it's And so the application for me lies in the fact that, you know, Anyone in in my life that that chooses to uh, reject the biblical truth or chooses to uh, believe in something else and and comes to me and and sees something going on in my life and I can point them to uh, something God has done, then that is a great opportunity to minister to them and lead them to God. Because he even uses the circumstances where we chose to go the wrong way. God still uses the circumstances to make it for his glory, just like it says in Genesis 50:20. And so it's it's amazing how that just continues throughout the storyline of the Bible and and um, how applicable that it is, I mean, is uh, beyond comprehension because there's so many different um, you know interpretations of uh, specific stories in the Bible that can really apply to your life. And you can really sit back and think, wow, you know, reading that story actually really connects with what I'm going through right now. And let me tell you, if you have um, a moment to pray to God and say, God, please reveal yourself through your scripture as I read tonight or tomorrow or today. Whenever you pray that, it'll give you a really new perspective on what you're reading because I, I am certain that God is more than happy to answer that prayer. Yeah, I, I think anytime we come with um, with a sincere and and uh, and humble heart towards the Word of God, then um, you know, you know, it's it's chances are that uh, you'll find something find something there that uh, that might speak to you. And not you know, when I when I read Scripture, you know, I'll be the first to say that sometimes when I read things, things just they don't jump off the page, and that's yeah. just how it is sometimes. 
So there's not any magic to it. There's not any, um, you know, mysticism or anything like that to it. Sometimes it just, um, for, for whatever reason, um, that's just how it is. But, um, the more you read, the more you go back and read, um, you know, things will, you know, the spirit will illuminate, you know, things that, uh, that he can uh, teach you through that. And that, that's what I think is really neat too, about how our story plays out. As you mentioned before, God can use all these, um, bad things. Well, bad things that happen in our lives. I'll call them bad things, non, not pleasurable things, yeah. not, not comfortable things for us. Uh, but sometimes God uses those things to teach us, to strengthen us. Um, and, uh, it's, uh, I find myself giving praise to God a lot for how big and great he is because despite, um, sometimes things going wrong, really sometimes just horribly and terribly wrong in our lives. Um, God can still, and and I think sometimes they do go wrong. Uh, Mm -hmm. I think we have, uh, sometimes we don't make the right decisions. Um, yeah, that we can get it wrong sometimes. And that's not necessarily what God wanted for us, but we chose how we chose, but you know what? God's still big enough to use that in a way that is glorifying to him. Uh, he's still big enough to teach us something through that. And, uh, um, so I find myself giving praise to God for that a lot. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and it's, it's all summed up in one great way at the end of the book of Jonah, even like I was talking about, and it's a question. The book of Jonah ends with a question and, um, it says in verse 11 of chapter four, it says, and should I, God speaking, and should I not have concern for the great city of Nineveh in which there are more than 120,000 people who cannot tell their right hand from their left and also many animals? God is, is asking Jonah, seriously, should I not be concerned about this huge group of people that I deeply care about, that I created, I chose to create them? Shouldn't I care about them in the end? Even if they've made poor decisions and gone astray because the people, the Ninevites, had uh, done so. They had chosen poorly, but they chose to repent and turn to God, and God saved them in the end. And and so that's the thing is, like, shouldn't God care for us? Well, of course he should because he took the time when he didn't have to and he didn't need to, but he chose to create us and to uh, place his spirit within us as we are born again and and able to walk through life hand in hand with him. And he's choosing that for us. You know, he doesn't need that. He doesn't have to have it, but he chose that. And so I I think truly that application lies in uh, every piece of of scripture that, that shows us how we walk through life with God and how we can walk through life with God. Now, there's one last question that I want to ask you, Ben, because I'm really curious to see your answer because I know what my answer is. But if somebody comes to you that you've never met before, because I like to do this this scenario, okay. and, and they say, Ben, it's been a pleasure to meet you. I actually haven't read my Bible, and I've just got one for the first time. And I'm curious, where should I start? What would you say? Yeah, uh, start in Leviticus. And, no, I'm just, <laughs> I no, didn't I'm just see kidding. that coming. Uh, no, uh, no, Leviticus is great. Uh, it's just... Um, Don't read it now, you might fall asleep. Might, might, uh, might be 
not where you want to start if, if you've not read uh, the Bible before. But, you know, a lot of people say, you know, a lot of people say John, you know, um, I like, I like John. I think John's great. Um, I actually don't, I would, I would also say, um, you know, something like Acts as well might be hmm. a good, might be a good one, you know, starts out at the very, um, very beginning of the church. Um, you know, the, uh, Jesus ascension and all that sort of stuff. And, you know, I think that's a, that's a good one to start with as well. Um, Acts chapter one summary, uh, is, who ascends into what now? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jesus yeah. Ascends, ascends into heaven. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. So Acts, that's a really unique answer, actually. I haven't heard that one before. Yeah. You know, a lot of people say Genesis because it's the beginning of the Bible, which is a great place to start. But personally, my favorite response is Matthew because <laughs> it's the beginning of the New Testament. And also it's one of the uh, most detailed accounts of Jesus's ministry. And mm-hmm. you can really see his heart for people. And also uh, one fun Part of it, I guess, if you're me, most people might not find this fun. You get to see the lineage of Jesus in the first chapter, mm-hmm. and it shows you how God used so many people all throughout history to bring about the Messiah, Jesus Christ. And I, I just like, I just like recommending people to start there too. So, sure. Yeah. Cool. Uh, I think that's a wonderful response, and and I think that's a great way to kind of wrap up this this episode. Um, did you have anything else that you wanted to add before we? No. I think, no, I think I'm good. Yeah. So um, thank you guys for joining us on today's episode of the New Hope Apologetics Podcast. And uh, we thank you and we are praying for you. And we also uh, want to inspire you to read the Bible because that is where application ultimately comes from in our lives. And so, and we can always take away things and learn from things that God has to show us. Um, so be open to that and keep your heart open to that always is our prayer. So thank you all again. Leave a like below if you're on YouTube and feel free to subscribe as well. And please leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts if you're watching there. So thank you guys and we will see you later.